Hello and welcome to Two Fat Expats. My name's Kirsty Rice and I've been on the move for over 20 years. My podcast partner in crime is fellow Aussie Nikki Moffat. Now this is usually the bit where I tell you about all the different places we've lived and what we've done and babies and work and careers and blah, but let's not do that today. Let's just say hello Nikki Moffat. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Kirsty Rice. How are you back in Doha? I am back in Doha and you're back in Copenhagen. It is so good to be back. It is so, so good to be back. Just very nice to be with my husband, but also you. <laughs> well, you know, that's one thing. <laughs> that's one thing. But you just forget, you know, you walked out because we've we've moved where we live. We're no longer doing sort of compound life. We're doing apartment life. Living on the Pearl is, you know, one minute you're walking along and uh, you're walking past Orange Theory and, you know, F45 and Anytime Fitness and, you know, there's a bunch of people in their exercise gear sort of, you know, doing their thing and then the next minute you are walking past a very traditional Karak tea house which is you know primarily full of catteries um you know in a buyers and thobes having you know great family time and you are welcome to do both of those things you know it is a wonderful well it's a very big step away from my my little world in port wallunga <laughs> but it's just it's it just you know it's it's that revitalization of the senses I think it's that isn't it yeah is it and do you feel a little bit like it's all new again yes I mean because now you're living in a new location Mm -hmm. but do you go through the I'm feeling like this is a new Mm -hmm. expat life or a new location yeah I do I feel like I'm in a completely different city we never go to the side of the city where we lived for you know 10 years we never go there it just doesn't exist anymore because we don't need to go there for anything. Um, we went to the plant souk on the weekend, um, you know, to get a bit of life into the apartment. That's one thing that G hasn't been so keen to do. And those who have listened to previous episodes may remember that we we gave away all of our pots and our plants from our compound life and it was a very difficult day for my husband. So he hasn't been as keen as I have been oh, to he's been bruised. Yeah, he's bruised. been bruised. So, but we did on the weekend and we kind of had to go via that area and we both did the whole, gosh, I haven't been on this side of town literally years. You know, it really is, it really is really different because with our freeway system, because there's been so much development um, in roadworks, et cetera, for the World Cup, everything's changed too. You know, I don't even, I don't even know where I am half the time, Nikki, and not only just in the apartment, because I still can't work out how the, how the lobby is higher (laughs) than the ground, but (laughs) so bizarre. Because the ground higher than the lobby. Yeah, it's so weird. It is so weird. I don't understand what's going on. And I'm, I'm that person that gets out of the lift and turns the wrong way every time and walks into a wall and goes, oh, Hang on, which 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 level is our car? Yes, and I did have that conversation with a woman in the lift. We both did the same thing. Both got off at the wrong wrong bit, <laughs> and she said, "Oh, are you new here too? I've only been here for three days." And I had to say, "No, I've been here for twelve years, but <laughs> but I'm new. I'm new yeah. here here. Yeah. And do you have the same? So do you have the same car that you had before? Because we do. You know, you needed a the, the six person yes, yes. Car. we had the tank which was basically a living room on wheels for most of our existence here but yes when we got down to two children we moved to a much smaller sleeker car um oh I didn't know that yes. I thought you still had the tank okay no, right no, no which I which I love that's one of the the joys of coming back here because of course in Australia the car that I drive has done 250,000 kilometers and is 22 <laughs> years old whereas the car I drive here is a very nice lovely little car Nikki what's it like being back in Copenhagen have you walked past the room and felt pangs of immense sadness or are you feeling now that you're getting sort of feedback from him from his weekends and his life how how are you feeling about it all 
Well, my husband has totally commandeered his room. So now <laughs> he's taken it over as his study and his work from home space. Yeah. That's great because that means that we don't have to compete uh, for our own office space. So basically we have two offices at home now, which is much, much preferred by me. But yeah, like I go in there and my husband had completely sort of refurbished it, like all Zeke's things were moved to one side and he has just taken over sort of a whole area of the room. And so I was like, okay, it's not really the same anymore. Yeah. So, you know, we I go in there and I sit on the bed and I talk to him about, oh, you know, look, that's, should we take that when we go? And my husband's like, well, if he doesn't, hasn't asked for it yet, he doesn't need it, does he? <laughs> so, yeah, look, it's nice to see him. It's baby steps for him. He He's struggling on some fronts and, and, uh, and that's fine because, you know, when, people move to move to new countries they do struggle and uh but we are very excited to be seeing him in less than two weeks so i feel that that's a little bit of a treat that we're just so so soon going back so two things i am disappointed that i won't get to see sam and his jocks coming in to grab the phone (laughs) charges while we're chatting uh, on our (laughs) podcast from now on but also um you need to write down those things that zeke is struggling with a, because, I mean, it's great assistance to everybody to learn from, but also maybe then you can tick off of a, oh, my gosh, remember when you couldn't do this or you didn't know that to sort of give you those little steps along. I remember doing that with the kids of, you know, remember when you didn't know how to catch the bus and it was really, really scary and remember when you didn't know how to post a letter and remember when you didn't know where to get your bus pass and and then it just, I found that it really helped them go, oh, actually, yeah, I have come a long way, do you know, because yes. I think they don't often realise how far they've come. Yeah, no, that that's also true, yes. So he's had a few, you know, a few first disasters, you know, got on the bus and didn't have enough money on the bus pass so then had to run somewhere to get to where he had to for an appointment and he was late. And so he's had all those things, which I think, you know, a lot of 19-year-olds have oh, anyway. And I can't say that I haven't had that myself <laughs> in recent years. Totally. But, yeah, so, you know, he's having those bits and pieces. He's had his first trip where he's gone on the train and gone to Brisbane and spent the weekend with his aunt and uncle and his cousins, which was fantastic. So he's been able to do that. Although my my niece sent me a couple of photos on different days and, and, and Sam said, he's wearing the same T-shirt. Do we think he took clothes with him? Like he went for the weekend. Do, do we think he actually packed? Like what did he take? <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so it's very exciting. It's great to be back. We've had some absolutely ripping weather this weekend. It's a long weekend. It's a little bit overcast today, but we've had some beautiful days. And, of course, we're back to the Nordic summers and at 10 o'clock at night it's still light which I absolutely love Mm. I'm a big fan I know some people like to have dark to go sleep but I don't I don't need it and I love to go to sleep in the light and wake up in the light because of course at four o'clock again it's light yeah Nikki shall we kick off with our would you could you for for this week I was fascinated with this one. I don't know why I hadn't thought about this or how big this would be in an expat world. But Nikki, would you or could you leave an Apple AirTag or even a a Samsung AirTag or whatever AirTag you want in your shipment, either air or sea, to track your belongings? Yeah, look, I found this a very interesting discussion in the group as well. And I thought, of course, of course. And now I'm at, you know, Everyone will be doing it, you know, because we, we've been fascinated for years. We used to put our belongings in a container and send them off to sea. Yes. I noticed someone talked about having one in their container and saying, you know, the company told us our container was in so-and-so, but we could really see it was yes. Yeah. And I remember you just put your belongings in a container and send it off to sea a little bit the way you used to send a postcard or a letter and not know when, when it was going to get there. And then the, the then they started tracking containers and allowing you to see that, the end customer to see that. So that was a little bit step further. But now this is very you know this is like find my phone you can basically just track something all at all times so i can imagine that um shippers and and people moving things will have to expect that customers are doing it and so but how but i want to know i'm fascinated by how long do the batteries last like can you track a shipment that's going to take over three months or does it show that it's stuck in cyprus forever because that's when the battery ran out and you and the shipping company is saying you're getting it tomorrow and you're saying but it's stuck in cyprus according to my tracking <laughs> 
anyway, it seems like it's a bit of a plan. So I wonder, you know, because when we when when I moved my son home, we took his uh, desktop computer with us, and he was at the airport in in Brisbane. We had we took three suitcases. He was allowed to have two because he was moving. I gave him the extra grace, and uh, one was basically just his computer, and it was the last one to come out, and it took a long time, and he was nearly curled up on the yeah <laughs> on, on a bench in the corner thinking my computer's gone my computer's gone yeah and I thought well would I ha- had I seen this earlier just whacked one in there so I could see like you know if we lost the computer where it was yeah so yeah yep. interesting time oh, look I think this is a game changer I think it is an absolute game changer and sh- you know you shouldn't um this is one of those things we need to celebrate. Um, I hadn't realised. I remember being in the Apple store and my son saying, oh, cool, you know, they've got the Apple AirTags. This was a long time ago. And thinking, yeah. and, and just thinking, yeah, but why? Like what, what, would, I, what would I use it for? Um, and I am a person who lost their container for, you know, a good six months in between Libya and Canada. Yes. Now, this would have been life-changing because we were told all sorts of absolute rubbish about where our container yeah, was. Yeah. And, you know, one minute it was in Paris and the next minute it was in Turkey and the next minute it was somewhere and it, it literally took six months to get there and when it got there it was full of mice, which is a whole different story. Um, but all those things, Nikki, that have been lost along the way and we had something mm. in the um, podcast, uh, sorry, in the Two Fat Expats Facebook group today Someone wrote about the devastation. They'd only moved from Hamburg, I think, to Austria maybe, um, and they were saying they two bags and that they are absolutely kicking themselves because one bag had um, some, you know, gifts from their mother, you know, who has passed mm. away and that they were just absolutely devastated and they'd really just reached out in the group because they wanted to console themselves and hear other people's yeah, stories. Yeah. But you think an Apple AirTag, they would know exactly <laughs> where that was. Now, Nikki, the battery life on these tags is a year. Yes. It lasts a oh, year. Oh, perfect. That's so, perfect. Well, that's, well, that was my concern yeah. that you were going to put it in a container and then now you can put it in a container, no problems. Yeah, yeah. And in that conversation we heard all these people saying about how they were told that their bags were in Chicago but they were actually hadn't even left New York or someone said they flew US to uh, Tanzania via Addis and their bags went to Turkey. They could see them on the ground in Turkey even before they got through customs. Same on the return. Air France let them sit in Paris for a few extra days before sending them to the US. Um, and she said in that case when Air France actually had no idea where our bags were when she was on the phone to them, she was able to tell them where they were exactly to the point in which airport. Um, so I just think this is something we really need to think about and and I guess you know domestically I would think about one for the dog like on on the dog collar (laughs) and and there are two reasons for that one so in case it was lost the other to make sure my children are walking it when they say they are that they don't just (laughs) walk down the street and splash it with some water like I know my son did once so that he could pretend he'd taken it to the beach (laughs) So I think this will, you know, this is a big deal and I think this is something we need to celebrate. It's a big thing for expats because we have all lost really important things and been stuffed around in the process and this is big and, um, yeah, I'll be investing in some. It's not so bad. We're always a direct flight, so that's not so bad. It's so hard. Yeah, the, the second but flight that, always, it yep. makes you a little bit nervous yep. when you're arriving and you're like, oh, there's been an opportunity for this bag to go missing yes. because we've changed planes. Yes, yes, or we had, or our plane was delayed and we had to rush to that next yep. connecting flight and you just know that your bag is not getting on that on that flight (laughs) so this is but this is me right so I always buy because in economy you have to buy the wi-fi on the plane so I always buy the wi-fi for the full flight not just the three hours whatever I just buy it for the whole flight yeah I'd be like checking um is it on the plane plane? (laughs) plane? (laughs) 
I'd be that person. It's, where are my air tags? Are they with me here? Like, where are they? So I don't know. But yes, no, I, I, I think this is a fantastic consumer, um, globally mobile consumer leap forward. Yes. That people, that probably people that are listening to this have been using for some time. And we've just gotten done. <laughs> well, I would like to share it with the other people like us that may not have done it yet. And I wonder too, Nikki, is it just that there hasn't been a lot of travel? In the last little while, so well, we haven't no, talked. We haven't yeah. talked about it a lot, um, but yeah, I would definitely be investing in a few air tags to uh, use from now on, from you know, place to place. I think it's brilliant. So, Kirsty, on travel, my question's about that. So, um, as an expat, would you could you take a trip home without the whole family, even if you had all not been for a long time? Now, this came up for me because there was a post in the group. Uh, that was anonymous that I posted for somebody and the person said look we moved nearly three years ago so just pre-pandemic I promised my kids a trip home for ages but I've got to go home and there's lots of things to do and also flights are super expensive can I go home without them is it okay is it okay for me to just go for a trip do all the things I have to do and come back <laughs> and I and, and I sat back and I thought oh goodness I've done loads of those trips and then I thought you know if you're like a starting out on this kind of lifestyle and you know it's not in your expectations you kind of expect when you go home that you go together that you go as a family that you're seeing the grandparents that you you know you, you're touching base with all the family and friends but as we always say old timers <laughs> the jaded cynical ones say going home is not a holiday mm. you know like going going to paris or greece is a holiday but going home in inverted commas is not a holiday because there are also always so many things admin to be life done admin. yeah ad, life admin and also expectations of people yep. when you when you are there and you know you, your time is not your own you're often staying with other people in their houses and all sorts of things mm. so going home is not your own. So I thought it was a, a legitimate question for us to have a discussion on and just to talk about the times that you've done it. Well, you, you know, we've both done it a lot, but the times that it's been done just to, you know, because it's, it can feel like, like I have to say, when I went with my son earlier this year, I felt like it was a treat, like I was having a treat, even though there was nothing at all relaxing and lovely and treatful about what was happening when we were there. It was very stressful the whole time. But I thought, I'm leaving half my family behind and I'm just going. It's like, you know, I'm escaping from life. I was not escaping from life, but like you you can feel, you can have a little bit of a guilt, feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, when you have smaller children, there's all sorts of things you have to organize if you're going to leave and go somewhere else to, to work as hard as you can. And then sort of all the things that have to be arranged, all the after school activities, all the childcare, all the whatever. So it's in no way sort of an extra treat or a holiday, but I just thought it was worth having a little discussion about it. Yeah. Oh, look, there's, there's so much, there's so many different criteria to this, isn't there? It's like how old? Uh, your children and Mm. um, how what sort of setup have you got where you're currently living in your expat life where you could really get on a plane and feel comfortable Um, I I, honestly when we were in Jakarta, Kale and Libya no I never never once uh, left on my own and did something. My children were really little. We, I wouldn't have felt comfortable that they were um, not not that they were unsafe, but I they weren't in care where I would have felt com- completely comfortable with an ambulance being called or medical. You know, if there was a medical drama or whatever, I just I just didn't feel that level of comfort. So no, I wouldn't have done it for the first few years, and I can understand why it, why someone's posting anonymously in the group because obviously there's something in their gut that is saying, actually, I'm not really sure if I should be doing this as yep. much as I, I want someone to tell me that I should yes. and that it's okay but I my gut is telling me no it's not now obviously as your children get older and whoever you leave them with so the first time I left the kids I had a um, parent in town to look after yes. the kids while I was gone and so 
even then, and I shared this in the group because someone else was saying about going away for a weekend with their husband and without their children and leaving their children with someone. And the overwhelming response in the group was, yes, go and do it. Like I don't think there was one person that said, no, don't do it. And I think it's because it's that thing like when you go on a date night with your partner and once you get on that date night, you say to each other, why don't we do this more often? Why don't yeah. <laughs> why don't we schedule this in more? Because this is actually really, really nice. Like, why aren't we doing this more? Um, and yeah, it's obviously it's like that. But I can remember uh, the first time I left my children, we were going to Vegas. My husband had a conference in Vegas. Oh, they were the days. And um, <laughs> he said, "Come along." It all sounded great to me. I would. Um, I think I probably had maybe three children at that stage not four and um uh the morning of I woke up in a massive panic and said I can't do it can't go and I was deadly serious I was not going I just woke up and said no I don't don't feel comfortable with this don't want to do it um you know it's an interesting thing I've heard so many conversations uh, I think I can't remember which podcast I was listening to recently and they were talking about the difference between men and women you and I have talked about this I can honestly say hand on heart yeah. my husband has never woken up and thought I can't do it or I can't no, go. Right. Never. Can't go. <laughs> never once. Never. I think it all depends on your comfort level of who you've got in your background to help. If you have an emergency plan that you feel completely comfortable with and that's your emergency plan on your fridge that says who to call, what to do, how to do it, your partner should be completely capable of looking after your children and if they aren't, you've got other issues you need to sort out. <laughs> so. Um, they really should be able to be responsible for doing that. And if they say they're not, well, then it's time to go on a on a counselling trip somewhere and get that sorted because <laughs> that's not going to end well <laughs> over the next 15 years. Um, so, yeah, but also don't be so hard on yourself. The longest one I had to do, Nikki, was a health one. And um, I don't know if you remember years ago I had this thing called a urethral diverticulum where I had to have this horrendous surgery that went for seven hours and I had catheters, um, two catheters, uh, for seven weeks. And it was just surgery I wasn't prepared to have um, in Qatar. And, yeah, that was, that was gut-wrenching saying to the kids look I've I've got to go and do this and that was a huge amount of time to spend away but luckily excellent partner excellent helper in Helen who was completely capable of feeding looking after driving doing whatever and a whole bunch of friends that had a roster um that helped me out I think I had about 10 friends on a roster that all did things um so that was how we yeah. got through and then someone else would say, isn't that lovely that Kirstie's having so much time by herself, yeah. you know, <laughs> but you were lying in a bed with Catherine. Like, I know. You know. It's just a total mindset thing about how you, yes. you think about it and then how it's presented. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, Kirstie's just still away. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, look, I have a friend. I have a friend in Australia who I swear she still thinks I had some sort of plastic surgery in that time because she it just seems so dodgy to her that I – because I. I disappeared because I couldn't go out with these catheters. Like they were both, no. they both sat on each, one hip each, right? And so the clothes I pretty, had to wear. Pretty. Oh, well, you were, you were, you were horrendous, balanced. Horrendous. It was just, you know, I really think I've blocked a lot of it out, but I just basically stayed at home for all that time. I did one trip to the supermarket a week, you know, in a great big flowing skirt and um, panicked the whole time that, you know, something was going to go wrong. But, yes, I have a girlfriend who did say to me with some question that she thought I looked very, inverted commas, good at the end of it. And I said, yes, because I've caught up on about 10 years of sleep. Do you know? That's right. That's all I've been doing, sleeping. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so that's that's my thing. Yes, I could obviously take a trip home Um and these things sometimes have to happen in if you've been a long-term expat because sometimes you just yep. got to go home and get stuff done. Yeah. You? 100%. Feel the same? I, I do. Yeah. And as I said, I've done it before. So, yeah. 
That's 100% correct. I just want to add on to that. Do you think it affects the children at all? Because this person, you know, in your anonymous thing, there was an element of of guilt about I had promised my children I would take them home and I'm not now I'm not going to. That puts a bit of a different spin on it to me. And I think COVID has made this happen, right? Because usually with kids, you would you would say, okay, well, you can't come this time, but you know, in six months, 12 months, we'll definitely do it then and you can come then. But yeah, I don't know. That that does put a different spin on it. Do you think do you think it affects kids? I, I don't think it affects kids, but I uh, well I think older kids run their own show, right? So whether they've got an issue about it or not, they'd probably st- rather stay with their friends, yeah. to be honest, yeah. but, than, than to be pulled away. With younger kids, I think it's possible for parents to set set the agenda. So, you know, uh, you could, so dad and the kids, if the mum's going, dad and the kids could say, oh, remember that time when mum went by herself to New Zealand and, you know, she had such a great time and bub. Mm-hmm. You know, they could go on with that forever. Or remember that time mum went and had to do all those jobs and, you know, we were so lucky not to go because we would have been dragged from here to there and we wouldn't have done anything fun and we got to stay and do these fun things. So it's really sort of like it's just how you present it. You can tell the story to change the to change it for the kids. And, you know, you can make if you're leaving the kids and the kids are upset because if you move pre-COVID, right, so you move six months before COVID happens, which is what happened. You you think oh well I can come home once a year or once every two years New Zealand's far but it's fine we understand we've worked out all these budgets and we can do it then COVID happens you can't travel and now fares to New Zealand are nearly double what they were before mm-hmm. so you know it's 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 twice the amount to take home your family of five that it was you know when you started out on this thing and you certainly don't not earning twice as much now three years later yeah. no, pretty much no one is so you know it it's I think it's you know, you have to change your expectations and that's the whole point of living the kind of lifestyle that we do. You're constantly changing your expectations. You don't have sort of long-term plans. You have short to medium-term plans that you're always adjusting. Of course, you can have the long-term plan, but sort of the day-to-day living stuff. Um, and so I think that, yeah, I think it's just about what the, what the parents decide. So if if you have guilt about it and that, that you don't get over it, then it could work out to affect the kids a little bit because you might say, oh, you know, I'm really sorry, you, know, mm-hmm. you, you couldn't come. Uh, but if you sort of try and you say, okay, well, I'm going to go and the kids can't come and they're really shitty about that now, so let's organise something fun for them to do while I'm away <clears throat> that we never would have done otherwise. And, you know, you just sort of have a mindset or have a story or, or you know, shaping the child's experience so that it comes off as, as not being too bad. That That's my opinion. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay, Nikki, what are your three favourite things that you've done in the last little while? Okay, so three favourite things. So Hack Season 2, I know you also watch Hacks, Loved it. is back. Mm-hmm. And I'm just loving it. I just love so many things about it. It's so hard to explain all the things I love about it. If you watch Hacks, you'll understand and you know. But the the the, the um, opening scene, because the season one closed on a bit of a cliffhanger where <laughs> there'd been a bit of an incident. And so waiting all through the first episode of, of the second season to, to wait, like the, it was just delicious, the anticipation. It wasn't really uncomfortable. It was just like that. Oh, it's gonna happen! It's gonna happen! Ah, oh, yeah. it's gonna come! Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that that that's what I've been watching. Hack season two. I loved. Um, um, <laughs> I think Nikki, one of the things that is um, lovely about it is you have a much older woman and then a yeah. young woman who is not your classic starlet of any size with an yes. everyday body and. Um, you know, it's an appeal and charmed her as an everyday person. My favourite scene in Hacks so far, which I think is television that just does everyone a favour, is when uh, they go on the boat and it's a lesbian um, cruise ship and just the difference in age and mindset of what you can say and what you can't say. But I loved the education that the younger woman gave the older woman on sexuality and 
yes. I just thought it was brilliantly told of you suddenly saw, well, this is how she sees her sexuality as opposed to how someone in their 60s, I, I mean, how old would you say the lead character is, late 60s? Yeah, I think that's what she's meant to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I just thought it was brilliant writing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just fun. All and and they hold that whole show together. Those those two characters. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I really love it. Um, the other thing I'm I'm loving just is Disney Plus. So I don't know if you have Disney Plus, yeah. and I know that we 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 say, well, all of a sudden we've got five streaming things, <laughs> but it, it's just. It, it's one of the, I'm, I'm still at a stage where I'm doing a lot of sort of comfort watching. I don't want to see new things. I don't want to sort of get my head around things. I'm just sort of fit, sort of, I don't know if it's my son being away or whatever, but I'm just feeling like I need comfort stuff. And I just feel like whenever I turn on Disney Plus, even if it's something new, it's just something that I can watch. Like I watched a very sweet movie on there the other day called The Valet, which um, it, it's like a rom-com-ish, but it's not. So you, it's you know, about a starlet who gets caught having an affair with, with a married man, but there's someone else there who, who happens to be a valet and in, in the photo of the paparazzi, so they change the story to be, oh, she's having the affair with the with the valet, not with the married man. And um, oh, is this it, the, it just, um, the, the singer? Is this the J-Lo one? No, no, okay. no it's not J-Lo. No, no, no. Um, it's a whole lot of people I didn't sort of really recognise, but it, it just... I've thought, oh, no, this is, they can't. But the way they tell the story, it's just a beautifully told story and it doesn't have the outcome that you think it's going to have, mm. you know. And it's just, it's just, I just feel like it's not necessarily wholesome because there's uh, lots of other stuff. I've just streamed through 18 seasons of Grey's Anatomy on Disney Plus as well. I just kind of feel like if you go to Disney Plus, there's really something for everyone yes. to have a look at anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. so I just wanted to no, that's true. Give, give a bit of a shout out, not sponsored. And last week I said that I'd get a podcast for this time and so I searched and searched and I found one. Um, it's called Liar Liar. It's an Australian podcast mm-hmm. and it's a true crime podcast mm-hmm. and it's it's a missing persons case and if you're not Australian and, and you don't know about it, there was um, a person called Melissa Caddick who disappeared last year, I think. Mm, no, year. Uh, the year before. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. okay. So because uh, COVID's made everything a little bit yeah. bendy time-wise. but. But basically she was being investigated for um, running a Ponzi scheme. And so uh, that sort of hit the headlines for a couple of days that she'd been had sort of the federal police come to her house and, and take files away. And then all of a sudden she was reported missing. And she's been missing for some time and then her, one of her feet washed up on a beach. And so there's been all this speculation about it. But the podcast itself really dives into it. It's, it's two journalists um, who fantastic and I'm really enjoying listening to them and talk about it and finding out all these sort of different things about the case. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, <laughs> I said don't come in. <gasps> Hello. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said I'm recording this morning so if you need anything from the room, don't go in. Like, but he tell he me. had his clothes on, so that was good. No, he did have his clothes. <laughs> I think you should keep this. Anyway. You should keep this in. <laughs> anyway, yes, it dives a little bit deeper, and it's interesting because to me, I enjoy it. it's an Australian podcast. I enjoy listening to Australian content. I, I quite enjoy a true crime story. And I think that this is interesting because usually with the Ponzi scheme situation, it's it's a man, right? So it's a man has done a terrible financial crime. And this is a female who's done a terrible financial crime, mm. so it means it's an equal opportunity financial crime world. Yep. Uh, uh, but there's also really interesting things that come out about you don't usually sort of get this level of detail. So it turns out, you know, the backstory is pretty bad. The people that she's ripped off are not wealthy people. No. Uh, and friends, you know, it's just, some, and they're friends, they're friends. and they and they and and they have, you know, there was a wedding. Basically, all these people attended, but their money was paying yes. for the wedding, and they had no idea. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's just I, I, I just really enjoyed it and I, I just recommend yeah. it if you really have you have you watched the underbelly series about it? No, I haven't. No, uh, I haven't so, watched the so series. Okay. I think I'm pretty sure she disappeared at the end of 2020. And right. uh, so there's been enough time that they've made a television series about it. So I haven't listened to the podcast, but I'd really like to now that you've talked about it because I've watched the Underbelly series, which um, uh, for those, there's some fantastic Australian stories of, uh, they're called Underbelly and they've told different stories of different uh, criminals in Australia. And um, they were, I think that <laughs> we, we like to, we like to sort of like starting with Ned Kelly. We sort of like to <laughs> eulogize our criminals in a certain way. That's right. So that was my three things, Kirsty. What about yours? Okay. So Nikki, uh, most of the world actually, do you know what? That's not true. So I, I was going to say that most people don't know who Shane Warne is, but no, that is not true because in India and um, Pakistan <laughs> and Bangladesh and, um, and know, they have quite high populations. They do, <laughs> they do. And that was one of the things. So Shane Warne was uh, arguably Australia's uh, greatest spin bowler um, and cricket player. He also was a true larrikin and uh, became huge, a, a big media star and commentator of cricket um, and was incredibly wealthy and had superstar friends like um, Ed Sheeran, Chris Martin from Coldplay, Elton John, et cetera, et cetera. Some people may remember Shane Warne as being the surprising fiancé of Liz Hurley yes. for a few years there. Yes, he was. So I guess probably Europe and the US, Shane Warne means nothing because cricket really means nothing in the, in, in that side of the world but if you're on the other side of the world he's huge and that's why when he uh, died the media rights to his funeral were such a big thing I didn't cotton on at the time but of course the viewing uh, numbers of that funeral were enormous and it was a, a highly profitable memorial that they televised um, in the end but he had charm and of course like in many things, in he, he was um, in his death. We have seen, you know, the true, I guess, character of him as a father and as a, um, a, um, a someone who raised a, just a shed load of money in charity. For, yeah, for kids and did a, did amazing things. Yeah. Am, amazing yeah. things that that we never saw the light of day. Yeah. That some a couple came up at the funeral, but I can only imagine there are hundreds uh, more of those. He really was things. an incredible yeah. human being. Um, and but I think the most likable thing about him was he was so brutally honest about himself. He never pretended yep. to be anything that he wasn't. You know, he didn't he didn't um, shy away from owning up of of you know what his foibles were so when when the funeral and the memorial and everything happened uh you know Australia was really swept up in it it was a it was a big deal and Nikki you were in Australia at the time and I can remember you saying god I don't think I would have really understood this had I not been in Australia what what a huge thing it was so I hop on the plane because the thing that happened about a I want to say about a year before his death, that he had made a documentary that was on Fox. It was one of those sporting documentaries. It's called, just called Simply Shane, I think. And so it's a doco that he's been really involved in. And I thought, oh, we'll probably don't need to watch it because, you know, there's been so much about him. I've possibly seen every bit that's in this doco. But it was absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I watched it on the plane um, and, it, and it really did make that that section of the plane ride go. But there's a lot from his children and, of course, a lot from his children when they're happy because he's alive. Um, yeah, that, I think that was the thing, wasn't it, Nikki? His kids at the funeral were quite outstanding mm. but so, yeah. so sad. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I would highly recommend if you are someone – uh, from that side of the world and you have an interest, it's worth it watching the doco. I also watched House of Gucci uh, with Lady Gaga. 
and all the accents yeah I've never seen it but people talk about the accents all the time yes it's this weird thing that people do now isn't it that oh well we won't use actual Italians as cast we'll just use Americans (laughs) speaking like we think Italians do yeah (laughs) uh look I didn't know this story. I didn't know the story of the Gucci family. So it may, it was one of those things you watch and then you want to go and look up exactly what happened. It is a true tragedy. Um, interesting, on the weekend I went and saw uh, there is a Hermes uh, exhibition here at the moment, um, which g- gave me those same vibes of a family that starts something and then it turns into this total global, you know, luxury goods uh, world. Do you know, it gets so far from what it was when when Papa made a belt you know um so but yeah I would I would I would watch it 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 is long but hey if you're on a plane that might be your best (laughs) friend um and Nikki my third thing uh is something I listened to only yesterday and it's I first I've read it in the New York Times um it's the features a writer called Sam Anderson who um had written about his weight loss, which uh, came from him putting on a lot of weight over COVID and then his, um, for want of a better term, because I hate the word journey, but his journey into losing it. I read this and then instantly had to listen to it. It's also on the daily. If you're a listener of the daily, you can go and download it or you can go to the New York Times website and you can see there's a little play button at the top of the article and you can press play. I, I reckon it went for 30 minutes. I, I listened to it on the way to the supermarket and on the way home from the supermarket yesterday. I absolutely loved it. It's one of those essays where you think it's taking you in one direction. So it kicks off with him saying about the COVID-19 being the 19 pounds that you put on in COVID and just how he had a mate who was a really good mate, so uh, someone that he felt no malice towards them that they said it, who kind of said, like grabbed his love handles one day and said, what have you done with Sam? Did you eat him? And how he knew that he had put on a lot of weight. He explains his um, why he ate like he ate during COVID, but then how he went away for one weekend, he did not have one pair of shorts that fit him and had to go through the humiliation of wearing these super tight shorts down to the cafe um, to go looking for shorts that would fit him um, and ended up with some really disastrous clothes because of it um, and had a guy say to him, uh I was like I was where you you were six months ago, um, and and he and he talks about the shame of when you don't want to be that person that wants to know. Well, how did you do it? Do you know what did you do? How did you do it? Uh, how did you go about it? And this guy tells him he used an app. Um, the app that he used is Noom, which I see pops up oh, into Noom. my world all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 on the podcast. It's a podcast advertising staple. Yes, Noom. and um, I never made the connection of Noom being new me. Um, uh, but it's all. Of, then he explains to you how Noom is kind of like Candy Crush for adults once you get sucked mm. into this vortex of losing weight. And he talks about how his both his wife and his because he's he's a middle aged man with teenage children and how he was quietly ashamed of it but couldn't stop. Like once he started the Noom journey, he couldn't stop because he said you lo- he was losing, you know, a couple of pounds a week and it just started to go. And he not only lost all the weight, but he lost, you know, more than what he had before. Like he went past that. And it was interesting how his, his wife sort of said to him one day, are you counting almonds? Are you are you calorie counting? Like he hadn't told any of them and how his daughter said, I don't think I like this dad. I don't I don't think I like seeing you, you know, restricting yourself. Anyway, so you think that that's going to be the thing. It's going to be the story of a man who puts on weight, who loses weight, who realizes he's still exactly the same person whether he's got the weight or he hasn't got the <laughs> weight, blah blah blah. But no, then it goes into his whole relationship with food as a child and the genetics of 
his mother's relationship with food <laughs> and diet culture in the 80s and how he can remember his he went along with his mum to the jazzercise classes and the Weight Watchers classes and the Jenny Craig and the whatever because her whole he said his whole existence was watching his mother lose weight put on weight lose weight put on weight uh, he he recognized his chubby cheeks in his mum's face he talks about how he was a he was an absolute eater until he got to sort of middle school and then it became sort of a pride issue and how he then became a runner to then you know become become a tall you know of average weight kind of man but he talks about the feeling I've never heard anyone do this he talks about that feeling that you get from eating and why why you feel that way and I, the reason I think I found it so interesting my sister and I have very different feelings about food for my sister it's something that she has to do she does enjoy cooking she eats just to stay alive basically and and naturally because of that she is of a much smaller frame than I am eating for me is my life do you know I love eating I think about food a lot this guy talks about how he goes to bed at night thinking about what he's going to have for breakfast the next morning and how he loves, you know, even though it's his Greek yogurt with the fruit and the whatever, he's not being naughty, but he's he's obsessed with that food. I am married to someone who's exactly the same. I am married to someone who I know at a dinner party will not speak for the first five minutes because he is consumed by eating that food because it's just such a delight to him and I've never really heard people talk about food in this way in an honest way anyway go and have a listen please and report back and tell me what you think um because there are so many tidbits and I haven't ruined it all by telling you but there are so many tidbits about his eating his life his relationship with food that I just it was mind-blowing and he said that when he was talking to the editor at the New York Times about what had happened with him with his weight loss and food she was she said you have to write about this I've got a question, yes. nothing to do with the article. Yes. You said that, or oh, the podcast, you said you listened to it on the way to the supermarket and on the way back. Why didn't I listen to it during? Yes. <laughs> do you do you not listen to it during? Do you not listen to podcasts when you're in the supermarket? I this do. is my question. I do. But here's the thing. This was so good that I wanted to savour it for the car ride. So, you know, in the supermarket, there might be an interaction with people. You might lose your concentration for a minute. Yeah. So you're only wearing the one. You're only anyway. wearing the one. And so, yes, I did. I walked all around the supermarket, but I saved the sporting podcast for that and the, the <laughs> chatting podcast for that. Do you know, like, I have certain podcasts that I listen to when I go to bed because I don't care if I miss half of it because it's not the end <laughs> of the world. Do you know, it's just yes. not their friends that are with me that I'm listening to and I have a relationship with. Um, but I don't, I don't hang on every inch, you know, every word that they say. Like I would, I would put the Mamma Mia out loud in, in that yep. realm. Um, yep. So of, I really, I really like listening to their tidbits, but it's not groundbreaking stuff. I'm not learning anything new. I'm just listening to someone's opinions on on yep. stuff, kind of like us, Nikki. You're not learning anything. <laughs> That's right. New. I was just thinking. <laughs> I wonder what category we're in. I but would, come on, I, we're bringing would, we're bringing all the all the information. I mean, really, <laughs> beginning. I would hope. I would hope that expats would get some sort of thing like, oh, I don't have an air tag. Maybe I should invest in an air tag um but yeah i think when we talk about the uh you know the the drama of do you leave your family or not that's total opinion right that's just us saying what we would do we're not we're not giving anyone anything groundbreaking to well, we're from. giving them the new ways to look at things come on come on i'm not with you um but yes anyway i loved it and I really, I really want you to go and listen. And I'm a, I've got this thing, Nikki, I really wanted to send it to my kids because for me, to me, the article isn't about weight loss. It's about food and your relationship with yep. food. And I I really thought for my kids it, it would be a great insight into really their parents and why their parents are the way yep. they are with food. And, you know, I should say that probably 
my husband was one of those, he maybe is a bit like this guy, but my husband now is a real athlete, I would say, in that he cycles every morning, he runs, he always goes for a walk, you know, he's got his garment on, he's always. So that's how he stays in shape. I married a man who was a lot bigger than the man that I am with today, do you know. I have, in fact, we've kind of gone in opposite directions. <laughs> <laughs> G married a lot less of me than what he's ended up with now and I've got a lot less of him now than what I started with <laughs> but um but we both have this great love of food we talk about it constantly anywhere we go if we're in a shop we would go even if we were standing yesterday we were standing in a little um uh, like a deli place and there was a whole st- stand of chocolates. Now we, we weren't going to buy them because we're not doing that now, but it was like, which one would you have if you could have anyone? And then we went to Paul's <laughs> to get some bread and I stood in front of the sweets and I said, I reckon if we were eating, we would have had that chocolate taught. You would have had that, wouldn't have you? That would have been what you would have picked. And he was like, oh, yeah, totally. And like we just talk about food all the time. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Nikki, is that it? Is that it? It are we done? I've noticed that in our notes, you had put that episode two hundred is coming. Tell me, episode two hundred is coming. Kirsty, February third, twenty fifteen. Does that mean anything to you? I'm getting probably not. <laughs> but it was the first episode of Two Fat Expats. Wow. So, I mean, if someone has been following us, there the whole time or following two fat expats the podcast they could have had a child they could have lived in three countries they could have you know what has happened in the last 196 episodes if you think about it so we would love to hear from you as we come up to our 200th episode which is in this is 196 we'd love to hear what has your been your experience since february 3rd 2015 what has your life done since then We've done, well, Two Fat Expats has had nearly 200 episodes. So, but, but what's been happening in the real world over that time? God, you know, you know, Nikki, I was just looking at February 3rd, 2015. So I, I got breast cancer in 2015. So when I, you did. when I started yes. that, when I started the podcast, which of course I started with Sarah, I um, hadn't had breast cancer. And so, yeah, that was, that was a mammoth year when I think about it. That was the last year my <laughs> eldest child was at home. Um, mm. Yeah, a lot has happened. I'd love to hear other people's stories. I, Yeah, because, yeah, if you'd had a baby in that year, that baby's now seven. <laughs> That's right. So lots has happened since uh, February 2015. So we'd love for you to message us. You can, of course, always go to our website, twofatexpats.com, and click on the send a, send a message there, and you just can record a message and send it to us, or you can send it, uh, to our email or you can send it to any of our uh, Facebook private accounts and we will find it usually at the end of the day and and uh, we'd love to include your messages in our 200th episode. Yes, I would like to hear that. I also next time, Nikki, I want to hear from you because I reckon you've got a few countries in there from 2015, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, three. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Good chat. I'll speak to you again soon. All right. See you later. Bye.